keep football as it is because it has done all right. Football's um, done all right, hasn't it? It yeah. has done all right. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly show from Mundial Magazine that aims to talk about the parts of the game that people just forget about. Joining me in the studio today are Mundial co-founder Seb White, a non-league football legend, lover of all things England, lover of football tat, just a general football lover, James Bird, Mundial Features Editor, a content man at his heart, a prevaricator, <laughs> um, writer of some of Mundial's best stories over the years, and some of the worst, and uh, next to him, wedged in between them, producer Tommy Stewart of Tailenders plus other fame, and then I'm your host, Owen Blackers, Mundial's editorial director, and that's enough about me. If you don't know about Mundial, we're a quarterly magazine, now this weekly podcast, we've got social channels, merchandise, events, all sorts. For more information on anything we do, you can go to mundialmag.com or follow us at mundialmag on Instagram and Twitter and even Facebook, but we don't do much there apart from avoid people we know from our pasts who try and comment on it and get in touch with us. <laughs> so that's us, and this will be us. Enjoy. For those who don't get to see the clips, I'm just going to uh, mention what football shirts we're all wearing. I am wearing a Zidane number 10 from Seb into the Rolodex. What tournament is this from? Is it a 2006? No, I think it's a 2002, isn't it? It's, I think it's I think it's 2000. It's 2002. So no, anyway, n- number 10, which is will, will always uh, be my number. I'm thinking about having tattooed on my leg, actually, but it's been a long time since I got into a, a medium. James, what are you wearing? Well, I, I know what you're wearing, but you tell everyone else what you're wearing. I am wearing an Austin FC 2022-23 shirt, home shirt, lots of green and black geometrics, uh, got... Very, very kindly given it after we were in Austin for South by Southwest a couple of months ago. Club run by very good people with a very big connection to fans. And I will always be checking Austin scores from now on. Yeah, And you nearly got those trees tattooed on you, didn't you, while we were in Austin? Which I did keep saying, James, you will regret that. (laughs) No, I, I regret not doing it actually yeah she'd have left you mate so <laughs> i have got the brand we've obviously talked about it in a previous episode um i've got the brand new lionesses away shirt which is based loosely based maybe not loosely actually quite very much based on the italian 93rd shirt so i actually you are literally wearing a bit of blue for the dads a bit of blue for the dads <laughs> yeah 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 42 years old went and bought it on the day of release so yeah yeah, very keen. <laughs> That's why we love you. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Did they make you stand outside in your, in, in your own line? No. <laughs> and, and clearly not got the memo this week. Tommy, who's, who, who probably has got the memo, but he's bought himself a new bit of uh, vintage Lacoste schmutter. Um, so he's turned up in that instead. I feel embarrassed. I feel ashamed. And that's nothing to do with the shirt. No. <laughs> it feels like it could be like a Cameroon long sleeve, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Right then, we support these now. We support these now started as a social media vertical, and it's us deciding who we support on that day or that week, or sometimes more teams on one day, and it can be anyone from actual football teams to cartoon characters to speed skating teams to that bloke off the news to anyone we decide that day has done something which we think deserves supporting of really real football teams however for this week i'm up it's my turn and we this week are supporting newtown pride 
Now, for anyone who doesn't know Newtown Pride are, they are the winners of the first The Soccer Tournament. Um, that's a 7v7 tournament that's been played out in North Carolina over the over the weekend. Million-dollar prize. It's had teams of ex-pros in it, indoor football teams from, from various places. It's had a team made up of um, US women's national team legends who got very emotional before one game. It had Lee Trundle cutting around, managing and playing for Wrexham, <laughs> looking gigantically in shape with huge with his huge pecs bulging out of his shirt at all time. But that's all good colour. Why we're supporting Newtown Pride is not just because they won it, the way they won it, but in the final, the winning goal came from one of the greatest assists you will ever see, where ex-MLS player Drew Ruggles gets the ball, manages to sort of reverse Cruyff it round his standing foot and cross it, where Kelvin Nunes, who sounds like the most, like, Manchester bloke ever, whose <laughs> who, parents have been into Coronation Street or something, but he's actually a very handy indoor football player who was MVP of the tournament, and Kelvin Nunes slots home. <laughs> Oh my god, this assist! It's, uh, it, oh my god, it's absolutely incredible. I think there's there's two drag backs to sort of send the defender one way, but then that's not enough. So he flicks it to his left, drags it back again with his left, and then Cruyffs it across. Cruyffs it. It's 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 an incredible. It's like a reverse flick flack, if you want to call it. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a reverse flick flack. Flick flack. Flick yeah. Flack. You know, flick flack. Like, like the that. best way. I can't do them, but. The, the thing that it always reminds me of when you see a flip-flack is a fish's tail when it goes like that. Ronaldinho's move. Yeah, yeah. I'm, foot across, foot back. I, I thought, well, I've always called it a flip-flap. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But James does have a habit of slightly getting popular things like That's that true. wrong. We've established this, haven't we? Yeah. Is a flip-flack wrong? I don't yeah. know. Flip-flap. Flip-flap. I wanted to go with it. I didn't want to call you out, but he looks so fucking crestfallen now that maybe we should edit this out. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's just what I've always called it. And I had the little fishtail analogy. <laughs> and he calls a rainbow flick a unicorn flick. Anyway. Each their own. So we support these now. Newtown Pride. Are we supporting them? Are they in? Oh, uh, Yeah, I definitely think so. Absolutely. 100%. So yeah. did you see any of this tournament over the weekend or was did it get in the way of the real footy for you? <laughs> I mean, it would come as no surprise that um, it perhaps didn't register on, on my wavelength as much as uh, as others. However, I have to say the goal is is very special and, you know, the prize fund, I do like the idea of some mad prize fund, that, you know, that million that million dollars is a, is, a, is a good thing and obviously it's going to go to some good causes. So, I mean, kick-ins instead of throw-ins, I'm all about that anyway. Oh, they should be. I mean... I, I would do that. Much better. I would do that at every level, it's particularly the kids' level. I've seen... All levels. All levels. Oh, no, I agree. Why do you throw it in? I'd, I I would have kick-ins tomorrow. If I could change one big thing about... If you said keep football as it is, because it has done all right, but that would be my first change on... Football's on... done all right, hasn't it? It, it has done all right, but I do think kick-ins... So, so Dan, our man, our Dan Sanderson, has been out there this weekend creating, creating content on the reels, on the oh. ones and twos, and I asked him for... A voice note about this um, tournament. He sounds a little bedraggled, <laughs> like he's been a little bit warm in the uh, in the North Carolina sun over the weekend. He looks a bit like Steve Staunton, doesn't he, with that white hat on? <laughs> Karen, he did. He, he did have a two-point can of Stella as well, which he's finally like found. he's about to burst. He's into been flames. looking for them. He did look very warm, but he said um, he said it's no tournament for the legends. They're all blowing out their asses. Yeah. The, the pitch is slightly too big for them, and the and the football's too fast. And he said seven aside beer. 
football, what's not to like. Is that reason to support them now? No. What is the reason? Or another reason is that Newtown Pride are from from the same place where the Sandy Hook massacre uh, took place in 2012. They inst- instantly dedicated their win to the to the people who lost their lives in that, in that mass shooting. And also they've donated a portion of the million prize to a, a fund set up in their name. And another thing about Newtown is they won the National Amateur Cup in 2019, which normally would get them entry into the US Open Cup. But because of COVID, it was, it was postponed in 2020 and 2021. So they never got their place in the US Open Cup. Seems unfair. You'd have thought they could have rolled it over. This is very much their moment in the sun and they've they've gone out there in a tournament which is... James, you have been sharing a lot of these clips in the Mundial uh, G-Chat all weekend and, and you've had some thoughts on it. Tell me about it. It seems like your kind of football tournament. Yeah, it's it's just been magnificent out in North, North Carolina uh, over the past couple of days. I mean... I always like things to do with football that mix it up a little bit. Some of the football on the show is... It's incredible. And I think that what what I've enjoyed about it is the fact that, like, you know, West Ham went out there and took Carton Cole. Wolves went out there and took a load of players who were still playing this season. Richard Stearman, Bakary Sacco, they were playing. Uh, Bakary Sacco played? Bakary Sacco was playing. Who was scoring belters for Crystal Palace as recently as yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like Wolves took, a ser- Wolves took a very serious team out there. We took academy players. Harry Burgoyne was out there. Jeff Shee there. Jeff <laughs> Shee. I don't think Jeff. Don't think Jeff made it. He's got a lot going on back in Wolverhampton. <laughs> None of the pro teams made it through to the semis, did they? Como yeah. made it through to the quarters. And apparently, uh, there was a very grumpy Chess Fabregas. Yeah. After his after his Como side lost, Patrick Catrone. Patrick Catrone. What was the, what did you used to sing about him at Wolves? Patrick Catrone, he loves the pizza, he loves the pasta, the lads fucking magic. <laughs> Catrone. And he was not Was he magic? <laughs> no, nah, not for Wolves. We did like him though. His first Italian to ever play for Wolves. That's pretty but good. But he he was the um, golden boot winner in the tournament. He scored the most goals. Nine goals I think for Como. There's there's been a lot of sort of clips and bits and pieces that, you know, Thomas Skinner was out there, I think, managing sort of part Can manager. Can you West imagine Ham. Thomas Skinner's finally? He's got his hands on a West Ham. I team. really don't want to do it, but <laughs> he's bosh, got, you bosh. I mean, <laughs> and uh, just a note for James: it is called the flip flap. Yeah, I'm sorry, mate. If anyone else does call it the flip flack, then please do let us well, know. Well, what's more, what's more, <laughs> I'm intrigued to know if it's just, it might be a Midlands thing. You know, there's different sayings and there are, you know. But what's most worrying about that is that I've been saying flick flack for 15 years and no one's ever called me up. <laughs> what else are people not calling me out on? <laughs> it's so much. <laughs> there's so many things like that you say that I just go, you'd be offended. You'd be offended if I pull it up now. You go, why are you, why are you doing that in front of other people? Oh. So I just don't say it. I feel hollowed out. Yeah. I'm so I feel awful for this because I've, I've only known James for four weeks. So yeah, I, I I I just hope I've not crushed your morale for the rest of the recording. You, you won't, mate. I've no. been trying for years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we support flick flacks now. Yeah. <laughs> Mundial joins the dots for football culture, and that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. 
Indian summers, loans, last chance saloons, some of the places you find some brilliant stories in and around the game. And that is our next segment, Adventures in Clubland. Well, we've had some belters in the magazine, Les Ferdinand at Besiktas, uh, Risto Stoichkov at Chicago Fire. But today, James has got a very personal one and perhaps one of my favourite football coincidences of all time. So, James Bird, take it away. Okay, well, for this week's Adventures in Clubland, we're going to my hometown of Wolverhampton. And in... Give me that Patrick Truman Griff again, so... <laughs> <laughs> in, in 1994, to Wolverhampton Wanderers that was sort of... We'd just had our stadium redeveloped and um, we had Steve Ball up front and it was sort of a time where things were coming out of the doom of the late 80s. And we sign Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers, sign a man called John DeWolf. John of Wolf. John of Wolf. If, and I'll, I'll, I'll interject here. I remember this happening, but John DeWolf is a fucking handsome man. Oh he, is, he is like a BG, a, a, like a, an 80s porn star yeah. and, and a footballer. And Mickey Rourke at the wrestler. There's a, there's a touch no, of that. No, no, yeah, but no. But Mickey Rourke, if he'd done the wrestler, he looks like. If Mickey Rourke, imagine if they did a prequel to the wrestler and it was Mickey Rourke at 25 as Randy the Ram. I bet you John fucking, I bet John DeWolf was Randy the Ram. Knocking around Wolverhampton when I he feel... was there. But, but he didn't do badly, did he? In knocking around Tetland and places like that. I feel like he's got very empathetic eyes, but the scowl of a killer. He was fucking hard. Yeah, he's got. He looks like a character. If you put some chainmail on him, he's a character out of Game of Thrones. Isn't he's he beautiful? Cl- and he gets all the maidens, but he's also will will we'll slit your throat without even thinking about and it. Maidens. maidens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Old school. Maidens. <laughs> Not maidens. No, God, you've said it now. Is that what you call Rebecca? The princess. The princesses. You know. The I princesses. Mean, the princesses. Yeah. So, so to you, Seb, from Somerset, women are either maidens or princesses. Look at him. He's gone. We've got him now. He's gone. He's gone. Good morning, Rebecca, my maiden. Have you milked? Have you milked the cows this morning, Rebecca? Oh my princess. Oh, oh my princess. Thank you for the chicken dippers. You're wrong. You are. Me or him? All of you. <laughs> James, John DeWolf. Go on. John, John of Wolves. John, John of the Wolves. Wolf. So, yeah, 1994, I think we signed him for a half a million, £600,000. From Feyenoord. From, from Feyenoord, correct, where he'd won a title. He'd won, like, three cups, I think. Um, 32 years old, come, comes to Wolverhampton and is an instant court hero. So... Straight away, you've got the name. We've spoken about the hair. I asked my dad to describe him earlier because obviously my dad would have watched him a lot. And my dad said, effortless, powerful, imposing, fairly beautiful rock star persona, handsome bastard. John Bird loves the Wolves. Uh, he regularly rings in WM radio. He's known, isn't he? He's a, he's a known caller, long-time lurker. You spoke about him lovingly on the on the Guardian podcast, I believe, when you went on there. Absolutely. If if my dad calls up WM, which he does, they're, 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 Franks will get him on. Is that yeah. the old? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Da. So it's it's the the week the uh, weeknight phoning for that. But John DeWolf, I think that the thing. So I think he he, he got injured a lot. So he only played something like thirty times across the two seasons that he was at Wolves. 
But I think the thing that Wolves fans love him most for is that he was a centre half and he scored a hat trick away at Port Vale. That's class. So he was a centre half. He was a centre half. So he scored like wow. we went we went one 0 up and I think he scored from a goal mass scramble. They equalised. I think he scores a header. I think to put us two one up. I think Steve Ball then scores for us to go three two up and then Ball wins a penalty and instead of taking it himself, gives it to John De Wolf. So John DeWolf steps forward and sticks it into the back of the net in his centre-half, certainly the only centre-half for Wolves who's ever scored a hat-trick. And where do you think wow. he, he he ranks? Because different clubs have different amounts of cult heroes and I think they mm. mean more to certain clubs. Of, of Wolves wouldn't have had a lot of players like a lot of players from abroad at the time, right? Cult heroes, John DeWolf definitely will rank highly amongst Wolves fans because of his name, way he looks, and then scoring a hat-trick as a centre-half. That's the most emotion. I've, I've read a lot of messages from your dad over the years, and you've shown me in the <laughs> you've shown me in the bird's nest, the family WhatsApp group, and yeah. he's been for two weeks to Sri Lanka and hasn't written anything that emotive, so he must be... He'll be up there, yeah. He must be up there. He'll be up there. But one thing I've got to say here before we go on, obviously John DeWolf playing for Wolverhampton Wanderers is still not as good as the manager of Wolfsburg for a, for a brief period. Wolfgang Wolf. Yeah. Wow. Was the manager of Wolfsburg. That was pretty impressive. Is it nominative, nom, nominative determinism when that happens? Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it's called when you have someone who does something very, very, uh, very yeah. relevant to to the thing, a name that very relevant yeah. to the thing that they're doing. I think it's nominative determinism. So like John DeWolf playing for Wolves, Arsene Wenger is, isn't too far away. That was away. a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That's, that's a different thing. Though, Arsenal isn't it? Wenger. You can't come out with nominative away. determinism and then say Arsene Wenger. <laughs> I did good? used to think though with the Arsene Wenger one when I was six or five or six, like I did ask my dad, is, is he... Is that because he's the Arsenal manager? I, I did think that there was some association there. So. When 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 Zach was young, he used to call him Arsene Wanger. <laughs> Which is what kids doing it. It's good. It was funny, yeah. And I can never think of him as anything else than Arsene Wanger. <laughs> that is good to be fair. Anyway, Arsenal Wanger. John DeWolf, Adventure in Clubland. Brilliant time being a court hero in Wolverhampton. Oh, God, imagine the and... adventures he had in the clubland of 90s Wolverhampton. Yeah. Oh, Fucking yeah. hell. He was beating them off. <laughs> yeah, he would have been. Can you imagine him, like, knocking around down Broad Street in the 90s, open shirt, stonewashed jeans, probably some sort of, <laughs> probably some expensive boots, bu bully out with him, dressed like one of the fucking mannequins from CNA. <laughs> It's like an emperor has entered the sewers. John DeWolf, big, fucking chest hair hanging out, fucking yeah. tanned all year round, <laughs> blonde hair. He's found a place in Technol to do his highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would have been out with him in that team? Who, what, I mean, Bully. Him and Bully. God. Tony Daly like, there at that time? Tony Daly would have been there, Imagine yeah. Been, been up for a, and a good night out, Tony also, Daly. Where are they going? In Wolverhampton. Yeah, go on. For, for those who... To be honest, Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's where they're going I now. thought that might be your answer. I'll be on a little roped area in, the, in a nightclub in Wolverhampton. John DeWolf is now assistant manager yeah. at Feyenoord. Well, he was the oh. bloke who went over to the Feyenoord fans during the Ajax game and basically said, "Put you know, wind your necks in. Correct. Essentially. And they did. How yeah. do, oh, how does he look now? He's got no... He's, he's shaven-headed. I'm sure it was him. Oh, yeah, shaven-headed. So I thought it was Arnie Slot at first, but it's not. It's, he's, he still looks pretty good. 
But I, I actually read an interview about him the other day, and apparently the Wolves directors at the oh. time, part of the reason that he was signed was because it was a PR dream to do it because of his name. Bloody hell, really? Yeah. Fucking hell. I mean, he's still a still a handsome man, isn't he? Even with, look at that. Even yeah, without his yeah, mane. Yeah, yeah. But he went over to the final fans and basically just said, stop. And they all sort of went, you yeah. could tell. I mean, I've been to a final game. It is a bear pit of the, of epic proportions. Yeah. And that wasn't even for an Ajax game. So it's, it's one of my great bucket list stadiums, actually. It's an amazing experience. Amazing. It's Decoip, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We need a name for this section. It can't be called Seb Special Programmes. I mean, you could open it up beyond pro programmes and you could just call it something like the book club. That's a terrible name. Yeah, but they're not, they're not really books, are they, programmes? I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. But... What about show and tell? You've been spending a lot of time at nursery, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Dropping off Chechi. Today we've got book club and show and tell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> If It's the first time you're listening. Seb developed a bit of a habit, which is buying old football programmes off the internet. And he won't stop. And this one looks an absolute beauty. So, Seb, um, show us, tell us. What you got? Alley Bastia. Oh, look at this advert on the back. Could you describe what the cover looks like and what the inside looks like? Because it's so beautiful. Like, colour is all obviously blue and white. All the photos are printed in blue. Just yeah. like what the cover looks like. Just because it looks like an outtake from um, Munch's The Scream Sessions. If you look at the way it's all swirling a little bit in the background, it looks like a part of that. I think I might be speaking for everyone when I say it's the best one so far. Well, we say that every week, but it's certainly it, no, the most... Well, no, for, for me it was the Lisbon United. Mm. Not just because it's United, I thought it looked the best. The hand-drawn type but on this is one, the best. Yeah. That Alé Bastia, that, that hand-drawn type is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's, it's a special, special programme for a special team, I think. How much was the programme? This one was um, in, the, in the selection of 50... It was just a 50p... There was a box that said 50p each. Where was this box? This was at the West London Programme Fair, which is in a... A church just in just in Kensington Way, I think it was, and it was very uh, old school. <laughs> How did you find out about the West <laughs> Kensington program? West fair? London program. The West London <laughs> program. <laughs> just, just with each of those answers, me and Tommy were just looking at each other and go, yeah. closing our eyes. Oh. So how did you? How do you know? I'm on a I'm on a Facebook group, which I think is a, called something like Football Program Collector or something like that, and they advertise various fairs. Um, they used to be quite big. They used to be downstairs in a hotel just off um, Euston, which actually was always quite good. But they've downgraded, as maybe the sellers and the purchasers have, have got older, and maybe some of them have disappeared. Um, just what they need then: some fucking new blood with money to burn. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, I made a mistake of not taking any cash and thinking, oh, it's be fine, I'll be able to pay on the card. Oh, Obviously, no. it's 50p to get in. I had to go and find a cash machine. It was a nightmare. I bet they looked at him at the ear. He is a bloody new very Turning up here with his iPad. It was... Uh, it, that was naive of you, to be fair. Very naive, yeah. very naive. I did, th yeah. There's more. I mean, we'll get to the programme in a minute. It's yeah, a lovely yeah. bit of kit, but just tell us, like... The client... The, the type the of people you're meeting at, at these places, because... When you wrote that brilliant badge story for the, for the magazine and it was about meeting a Russian who comes over and is fucking opening yeah. a suitcase, I mean, it was like an international drug deal for pin badges. Um, yeah. So just, just talk, you know, talk us through the scene. There's going to be people listening to this who've never considered yeah. buying an old football programme, let alone 
going to a program <laughs> fair in a church. <laughs> so just talk us through it. What's in there? I Let's just say when I walked in, I brought the age down and I had a tote bag and not a bag for life that looked like it had been through some some serious times. Hey, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of people. It's obviously a dwindling market, I think um, it's fair to say in this day and age, but it shouldn't be because you can go and buy brilliant programs and works of art, I would describe this as, works of art like this. For fifty p. Okay, so I what's mean, your? It's it's Ale Bastia. Um, yeah. it's, you've you spent fifty pence on this in yeah. a in a West London church. Yeah. Um, what's the game? The game is between Bastia and Newcastle in the UEFA Cup in 19, 1977 and seventy eight season. It is the first leg game, and it's at home. It's it's in Bastia, obviously, because it. it it's at the, the Bastia ground, which is a bit, of, again, talking about bear pits earlier on, Bastia have got quite a fierce reputation and, and it's quite um, a vociferous home ground. But Newcastle go 1-0 up early on. Bastia pull them back thanks to a, a brace from a, a forward who can I can only des- describe as, I think we've, you've seen these footballers from the 70s that look like they're about 50. This fella, when you see the video, Claude Pappy looks like he, yeah, he, Looks he, like he mi- could be at a church in West London <laughs> for a <laughs> football programme for Exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. But he scores a brace to make it 2-1 and obviously the crowd go mad. The programme is obviously great. Great front cover. The back cover is just this brilliant Renault advert from back in the day. It's quite unusual as well because I don't think French teams, should I say, yeah, they don't normally do programmes. You know, again, James, you mentioned it before or in previous episodes like Italy, they don't have programmes in Italy. It's not really a thing. But because of the visit of an English team, they've they've obviously gone for it. But I think... Not only is it an incredible cover, but um, the Bastia side includes a, a brilliant, brilliant footballer called Johnny Rep, who does not look like he should be in a. He looks the opposite in a that, church yeah. on a on a Sunday morning selling programs. Johnny Rep looks like he's walked straight out of a nightclub on a Sunday morning, and um, with the wolf. Oh, John, Johnny Rep's a, a handsome, handsome man. You're talking about a team here with Cruyff and the Van Hannigans, the the Van der Kerkhoffs. This. Johnny Rep is not only a brilliant footballer, he's a brilliant, he's a lovely looking footballer. The video shows a shot of a Newcastle fan waving his Newcastle flag and it must have been a hell of a trip out there. But Johnny Rep, an incredible footballer. In the second leg of this game, they go to Newcastle, St James's Park, and they go and batter them 3-1. Ooh. You know, so they've obviously got something about them. They win 5-2 on aggregate. They actually end up making the final that season, but they lose to PSV. Now, we've spo- you know, we haven't spoken about this before, but... Some of the nicknames of the players in Holland is amazing. Like I still, anytime anyone says anything about Marco van Basten, I always immediately think Swan of Utrecht. It's similar with me with Ruud van Nistelrooy. I always think horse face gold machine. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> but he, well, he is. He is. He is. But they do have some incredible nicknames. Johnny Rep's nickname, Hood Hansha, which literally means little golden cockerel. Oh. And that's his literal meaning, but it actually means slightly lucky or slightly golden boy, essentially. That's what it means, because he kept winning things and he kept winning trophies, so he was called the Little Golden Cockerel. And I've definitely got that pronunciation wrong, um, even though I did look at it a number of times. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the Little Golden Cockerel, and that's that's Johnny Rep for you. It's just a brilliant, brilliant footballer. And he goes on to St Etienne after that, again, talking about cool, brilliant-looking teams. He goes and plays with Platini for St Etienne and takes them to European Cup finals, I think. You know, again, talking about cool. He just embodies that late 70s cool. I just want to say before we move on, Seb, on the front of this beautiful programme with hand-drawn illustration, 
um, of a football pitch and, and obviously a tower that's very important to the area and the Ale Bastille at the top mm. is a banner at the bottom that if you look closely says program do F E and then a little squiggle and then a, then a B almost be. like it says the program of Seb yes should that not be the title of the feature going forward that is a good name for this action I think yeah program to Seb no shit <laughs> Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Monday on newsletter. Go to mondayonmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. The greatest shirt. I shouldn't need no explanation, but is where we talk about the greatest and our second greatest and third greatest and fourth greatest and fifth greatest and maybe we'll get guests on one day to talk about theirs, but... We've all got shirts we've loved for different reasons. This week, it's me. And the one I've landed at is Nigeria 96 from when they won the Olympics. Now, look, I don't need to add any more to the brilliance of Nigeria shirts over the over the last decade. Most successful kit drop in history, the, the sort of seminal Nike one from a few years ago, the whole training gear, the shoot, the, just everything about it, absolutely first class. But Nigeria have always had good kits and... The one I'm talking about, the one from the one from '96, the classic white stripe down the middle, a um, little bit of detailing uh, around the neck, a night tick in the middle, in what would now it, it's a bit like the uh, PSG Hector stripe down the middle, but it's just a white stripe. Night tick, Nigeria across it, in a in an incredible sort of arcade style font, something you get on an old arcade game. Shorts <laughs> have got white down the side, big badge on the left flank. The reason to talk about it is because it's when Nigeria had a brilliant, brilliant team. One of the, you know, one of my favourite international teams, actually, and they'd done well in the 1994 World Cup, but then they went to the Olympics in 96. They'd had a shitty year, really. They'd been stopped from defending their AFCON title mm -hmm. in by go, from going to South Africa. There was some stuff going on at the time which meant they couldn't go and defend it. So they went to the Atlanta Olympics and... We made a documentary about this a few years ago, and we I sort of knew a bit about the story, but the Olympic tournament's never really taken seriously in this country, but to Brazil, Argentina, people like this, it's really fucking serious. They see it as like winning a World Cup. They, they really do. Like, you know, I think Neymar, when he finally... Mm -hmm. Brazil hadn't won it for fucking years, and it was like the country was celebrating. So Nigeria went to the US in 96, and... We met the coach called Joe Bonfrey. So think about this Nigeria team that I loved. It's a real against all odds story. Um, the Nigerian FA didn't fund them properly. They arrived in they arrived in the US without this kit or without any of their training mm. gear. They managed to get it sent over. Um, Joe Bonfrey was paying for the hotels and they were sleeping three and four to a room because they didn't have enough money. Joe Bonfrey was paying for their food. The only thing they could eat was Chinese takeaway from a local restaurant. He was paying for buses to get them to and from games. And... With a great squad, Akanu, Sunday Elise, um, JJ Akocha. But it's just it was just a brilliant, brilliant team. And they beat Argentina and Brazil to win it. And like this was a Brazil of fucking Ronaldo. And they like both games they came back and it meant so much to the country 
at a time of massive p- political up- upheaval. And we fucking, we tried to get hold of all of them. Now, we got blue ticked by Carnu. Couldn't get hold of him. JJ thought, we've got JJ. We've got him. So it's like, I've got his number. I've got JJ Kotcher's number. We're in. Blue ticked. We're going around thinking, fucking hell, we've got really good interviews. We've got a historian called Ed Chiesor, we've got oh, who talks amazingly, brilliant. like beautifully, talks in, talks in poems. Yeah, said yeah. some of the greatest things I've ever heard. And we've gone round and round. And then uh, Andy Tomchak, um, a producer we worked with, like a dog with a bone, give Tomchak a job and he will come back and deliver. And he said, got fucking Celestine Babiaro, who scores the first goal in the final. Babiaro, 17, celebrates with a backflip and he says, I've got him, he'll come to the office. Babiaro turned up at our office at the time <laughs> at 10 o'clock on a, on a fucking Friday morning, I think. Told us some rum stories off the record, which we can't really repeat, oh. about the shagging habits of some of his teammates <laughs> in, in 96. There was there was one player who couldn't play if he didn't um, <laughs> if he didn't shoot his ball to, within 20 minutes before kickoff, apparently. <gasps> 20 oh. minutes? 20 yeah. minutes. He said, Are you going to say 24 hours? No, 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 oh, 20 no. minutes. Oh. 20 minutes, which led to some interesting scenarios, I believe. But it was just, they were just a brilliant, 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 brilliant team. And they got, like, Joe Bonfrere. Sorry, I'm just trying to work out the logistics of that, <laughs> of 20 minutes before kickoff. Where? Because I, I, I actively don't do that the day before I play football. You don't? No, no, no. Just, no. just, just, just because I, I get tired. Are you saying you don't pleasure yourself? I don't shoot my own bolt. Uh... That's not a saying. It has to be a saying. But yeah, I don't have a wank if I'm playing football. <laughs> I, I actually have a link, you know. I was watching... Um, what, to, to James Wanking no, or the no, Nigerian the, uh, show? The, Olymp- the Olympic Village stuff on one of uh, Gary Neville's fucking things on YouTube. Mika Richards said on that, they were asking him about the Olympics in 2012, wasn't it, when we had the... The GB oh yeah, yeah. GB football team, the, the GB men's football team had to get moved out of the Olympic Village, and and they were like, "Why?" Like Gary Neville and Roy King were like, "Why?" And he he just said, "Carnage, like chaos," <laughs> and we had to be moved out. And he wouldn't say any more than that. Oh, it's no, but it's well known that all the, the, shagging, the yeah. athletes are at it at the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I think all he said Remember? was like all all the best athletes in the world in one place. A lot of very fit people. In yeah. two senses of the word, yeah, and oh, then, and then... both both senses, <laughs> both senses. Yeah. Crucially, none of these are James before a game on a Sunday. No, yeah. all, all the no, best I athletes do. in the world, and me and Craig Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> you say that Nigeria '96, a great shirt in a um, a great shirt, a great team, a great story. Joe Bonfrey was still visibly upset, and he he, he spent mm. the first hour of his conversation settling scores, and we thought. He can't remember any of this. And then flicked the switch after a, a couple of dry white wines and he was um, he was amazing and he told us some beautiful things about the players, but he never got his medal, never yeah. got his Olympic medal. Outrageous. They shafted him, the Nigerian FA, never got his medal, never got to fully celebrate it. The players tried to get him to take over as their manager mid-98 um, World Cup, apparently. They said, if we, if we had you, we'd have gone a lot further. Celestine Babiaro, I mean, imagine being 17, playing in an Olympic final with all your childhood heroes and winning it. And you're still only 17. So you're really, you know, they're still your childhood heroes. Yeah. It might not have been their best shirt. I think there was one a couple of years later. I think the, the France 98 shirt is an, is an absolute belter. But look at him there, 
big Carno on the right, yeah. on the edge, J-Day, ready for it. And yeah, he taught yeah. Ronaldo, taught Ronaldinho a lot of what he knows. It's where Ronaldinho learned a lot of his skills from was J.J. Kutcher. Like the, uh, the, the flick flack. Like the flick flack. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I like so, the fact I that... would say I'm J.J. Kutcher to your Ronaldinho with like journalism. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people give you the plaudits, but really... <laughs> It was you watching me in training going, I couldn't believe what this guy could do. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and I'll end up at Bolton. <laughs> Where do I end up? I end up in a pickle. <laughs> you end up with your passport taken yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bankrupt. And supporting a, a far-right leader. Uh, yeah. yeah. Still wearing um, Kangol uh, <laughs> berets. Regularly in, regularly, in hot, <laughs> regularly in hot tubs. Wearing them well, though. Limbs, limbs, limbs. We have all been involved in limbs in football, whether that's been in the stadium, in the front room, on the playground, on a plane, wherever you can think of, we've all celebrated a goal um, and ended up in a pile of limbs. So that's what this is. It's the Limbs Hall of Fame. And today it is Seb White, who's got... Some of the biggest limbs in football. <laughs> I, I, got think, I got thinking about this because um, James was talking about going to the match on your own. This is a goal that I celebrate, not with my mates. This is probably, yeah, certainly probably my favourite, or the limb, in terms of limbs, certainly my favourite England goal. I'll take you back to the summer of 2018. The long, hot summer. The long, oh, hot baby. summer. The summer that uh, we decided to run a four-week event space called Hotel Mundial. Well, not only that, we, we called it a pop-up. You can't have a pop-up for four weeks. It's got roots. Yeah, 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 yeah it has. <laughs> it certainly had roots by the end of it, that's for sure. It had, also, it had, that... it had more than roots. I know. Yeah, bloody hell. I'll give the listeners the, the, the elevator of Hotel Mundial. We were meant to get a space for a week. We managed to sell the first weekend of it to a client. So we rolled the dice and got this space at Truman Brewery in, um, surprise, surprise, Patrick Truman Giff, uh, East London. And we were there for a month it was the hottest summer ever ever the space was hot we had a huge screen which was on a three second delay because we were streaming everything which sorry to interject but that meant that before every single game that we screened i had to get up at the front where the projector was turn your phones off and say hello everyone thank you very much for coming and invariably by this point i'd probably had about eight really <laughs> shitty cans of frontier so it was just a mess a word just sponsors. Like, sorry could uh yeah could everyone make sure that they put their phones on airplane mode because <laughs> the game is seven seconds behind and you don't want to find out that england has scored how did that go how- oh it went down so well <laughs> yeah that was okay because people were quite good about it it was the pub about three doors oh the bar the three doors down we could hear the cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, singing yeah singing 10 german bombers they were before the game and throwing their pints so we tried to create a bit of a nicer space like we chucked someone out for you know for being a bit horrible about raheem sterling and stuff like that and it yeah. was we shouldn't like be completely negative about it because it gave us some of the best Mundial stories and, and, and one because I know he'll be listening to this because he's the first in my DMs every time we publish a new episode uh, sorry to get off track sir but I think this is important we tell this we had a cast of lots of different people work for us at Hotel Mundial really hot big industrial fans in there Google were in there for a month doing an activation the toilet kept getting blocked there wasn't enough toilets in there for the amount of people and Seb offered up 20 quid to anyone who didn't block the toilets. And the first I saw of it was young Ryan Matthews. Hello, Ryan. I know you'll be listening. Yes. Coming out of the toilet with two fucking bin bags, <laughs> topless, tops off, tops off. It was so hot. Tops off, pissing sweat 
but with the same infectious smile on his face and two fucking oh. bin bags on each hand saying, I think I've got it. <laughs> sure enough, Ryan had saved the day and unblocked the shitter. But, uh, Seb, back to you. Yeah, it was a long, hot summer and... Oh. Maybe after a few too many lagers, and don't forget the slushies, by the way, the alcoholic slushies, which um, which were plentiful. Obviously, it was a great summer, wasn't it? Everyone had gone into this tournament thinking that the Russians were going to kick everyone's heads in when they went over there, which they had done previously, obviously, in Marseille at previous Euros. In actual fact, it turned out to be all right. Obviously, Putin obviously shut, shut all that down. But I'd been thinking I'd love to have gone because, obviously, I'm big into my history and big into my... Seb loves war politics and, and history football. and obviously going to watch football in Moscow, Red Square and all that was just going to be... But my missus was like, you can't go there, Last, you know, there's going to be trouble. Anyway, this is when this, the England team just really grabbed everyone, didn't it? it was, no one went in there with any expectations. Southgate, they're all good lads. After a few too many uh, beers and a few too many slushies, at half-time in the Sweden game, which is the quarter-final, I think, fuck it, I'm going to look at flights for Moscow here. See, see for the semi-final. Long story short, ended up booking three flights to Moscow, return flights. One for me, one for James, one for me, yeah. and one for Owen. Um, yeah, I wasn't even there for the Sweden wasn't game. I was in fucking. I'd been to Barcelona for my fortieth. Thought Guns and Roses with my brother. But you'll come. You'll come to Moscow. Come on, awesome. we'll all go. We'll all go. And I and I said if we could secure match tickets, I'll go. And I said to my wife, and she said, look, if you get a match ticket, go. She said, if you can't, though, don't go spend mm. fucking a grand yeah. or whatever on a wild goose chase. And I said, fair enough, we couldn't get a ticket. So in the end, it was just me on the flight to Moscow oh, um, on my own. What? But I knew that I was going to meet some meet some people there, and I'd put all the feelers out for tickets because I just thought, sod it, you'll always find a ticket when you're on the ground. And literally, as I as the plane landed five minutes later, I literally get a, t a text from uh, Neil Stacey, a very good friend and colleague at Copper 90, who basically said, I've got you a ticket. It was could, you have, could you have got three, hypothetically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. It's always the way. There's no tickets. Annoying, there's no, you know, none of this. But there's always a way. And, and when you're on the ground as well, there's sponsors' tickets. People haven't turned up, especially in Moscow as well, because you had to apply for a visa and stuff. It was all quite complicated. But anyway, I managed quickly to get, get through it and... Just landing in Moscow to go and watch England in a World Cup semi-final. Like, obviously, I remember Italia 90 losing in a semi-final and the fact that England were now in a World Cup semi-final all those years on. I just had to go. So I went, got a ticket, woke up that day for the actual day of the game and just walking up and down Red Square, stopping off for a pint, going to pick up our fan pass. You know, I'd seen it on news programmes, documentaries or whatever. It was amazing to be part of it. And, and it was the atmosphere was incredible. There was people from all nations there. So, you know, there was people that had stayed over even though their teams had been knocked out and stuff and it was just incredible it was an incredible day and there was no there was no bother there was no aggro which has often kept me going to watch England games in the past because there's always that kept that. you kept you from going or kept you going no kept me from going <laughs> to England games kept there was no bother no aggro which was a fucking disappointment actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was a, no it Wish was hadn't bothered <laughs> It was an incredible place to be. Moscow is an incredible place. Jumping on the jumping on the amazing tube, you know, the beautiful tube, England fans. It was just a beautiful, beautiful day. England, I don't think I've been happier in a football context than that. Going to watch England in a World Cup semi-final. What will be, will be. Moving on, getting into the stadium. I'm on my own and we all agreed at like, let's just see what happens. Maybe 10, 15 minutes in, we'll all try and move into the middle or we'll all try and meet up in the same bit. Where were you sat, sir? So I'm sat there <laughs> watching England and obviously... It's just amazing. England in a World Cup semi-final. And, you know, quickly, very quickly on, we get a free kick. And I remember saying to the, the lads who I'd got spoke, spoken to before, it's not going to shoot from there. It's far too far out. And Because it was down the other end of the ground and we were down this bit behind with loads of England fans. And obviously, Kieran Trippier steps up 
and just curls it in. And I think it was one of those goals where it's just so it's sheer disbelief rather than like sheer joy. It was just disbelief. Like the whole day had been brilliant. It had been building up England in a World Cup semi-final. I was in Moscow, this amazing city. And then Kieran Trippier puts England ahead in the World Cup semi-final. And at that point, I'm thinking, well, we're going to be in the World Cup final now. Thinking of all the excuses that I would have to say to my missus that I wasn't going to come back because of it. But it was it was insane. Like people, you talk about limbs and people hugging each other that don't, you know, it was that. It was just that textbook, absolute textbook. I'd, I'd hug people that I'd never even spoken to. You know. And you don't like hugging us. No, exactly, yeah. And uh, 30 seconds later... The hundred people inside Hotel Mundial also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, it, Thirty <laughs> seconds sounds generous, to be yeah, honest. It, <laughs> it, it, it was. I think it was just a blissful, blissfully happy day. And do you know what? I was so happy from it, from that goal, that it actually made what happened afterwards. It was obviously gutting. Obviously, Croatia. About sixty minutes in, Croatia go fuck this. Yeah. Step up. Yeah. Would have could have been different. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I I was gutted. The England hadn't made the final, but I was just I was just so pleased that I could be there because the stadium was incredible. One of the best stadiums I've been to. You've been to a lot of stadiums, sir, and you've seen a lot of games. Where does that rank? That's definitely top five. For sure. Enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Who played there? Basically, uh, Tommy's got to justify the train fare down from Manchester and the fact he hasn't worn a football shirt. But this is where Tommy looks back into, looks deep into the past for a fixture. And pulls out a fixture where there's an absolute fucking random playing on the pitch and Seb remembers it. So, but me and James are playing the game as well. So we have to introduce our buzzers again. I still haven't settled on one I like. I like your one last week. Like Macho Man Randy Macho Savage? Man, yeah. Ooh, yeah. ASMR. Ooh, yeah. I Ma- loved Macho Man Randy Savage when I was a, when I was a sad 11-year-old whose parents had just got divorced. Anyway, do <laughs> Do, 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 to go. Yeah, very good. Best buzzer. I said it last week. I'll say it again. James has the best buzzer. I appreciate that. That was Seb. The mouth trumpet. That's which I have the, a that... habit of doing. I'm very nervous. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. You're nervous that often. <laughs> That's what I just thought. That's what I just thought. I thought it was a tick. Jesus Christ! Might be both. Tick and under. It's a safe. It's a safety net, and that's fine. We've all got our safety yeah. nets. So you've ever been on a plane with him. Yeah. <laughs> You'd fucking think the London Philharmonic was in the back seat. <laughs> Someone tune that bastard tuba. That's <laughs> what right, right. so I, I held your hand all the way around America, didn't I? You did, yeah. You did. You did. Didn't like turbulence, Seb. No. Nah. I'm the same, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't like it that much, but I had to forget that. Fucking hell. It was shaking, shaking like okay. a shit in fucking my, German my Shepherd. My mates have had to hold my hands on planes as well. But we are available to do a, the podcast in any European or American place. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be like Burkamp yeah. getting a ferry. Yeah, yeah. Seven Tommy will set up 15 <laughs> days before me and Birda. <laughs> Just to clarify. Turn up like a football version of Coogan and Bryden. Yeah. <laughs> Just me doing impressions at him. (laughs) Right, question. You ready for it? Yes. 
uh, Saturday, 3rd of April, 1999. It's in the Premier League. It's Liverpool versus Everton. 98-99. I want to know who finished the game at right back for Liverpool. Oh, yeah, Steven Gerrard. Correct. Ah. There you go. He, he is a Liverpool fan, to be fair. Yeah. He, he, there was not two... just that, but he, he played a lot of games his first season at right back. I watched the YouTube highlights before. Two or three goal line clearances. Came on in the second half and was just everywhere. Just defending like Maldini. Incredible. Brilliant. And that's his first season, that one? Yeah. He played 14, 12 or 14 games that season. That's pretty good. Under Gerard Houllier. And the next season was when he really sort of established himself. So... Well done, Owen. You well, we are had a now g- joint top with Assad. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've actually used my buzzer yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, was thinking I should pick a Wolves-based one, maybe, to give you a chance. No, no, I don't. We did a, <laughs> it. A... It'd just annoy him if I got it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ins and outs. It's like the hot or not thing you would find in your mum's Take a Break magazine. They probably have it in Cosmo as well, but it's it's ins and outs. Stolen from the End fanzine, the uh, Seminole Liverpool publication, edited by Peter Hooten of The Farm. So ins and outs. What's in, what's out. I'm going to start with James Bird. Okay, in this week is the England cricket team's bucket hats because they look fucking sensational. And I saw a brilliant tweet that said that uh, why does the England cricket balcony with these bucket hats always look like the morning after a stag do? (laughs) And it did. did. There's not been a more visual representation of the changes that Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum have have wrought upon England cricket than the bucket hats. Correct. Apart from... Ben Duckett, who looks like one of the flower pot men. <laughs> in. Brilliant. Seb. My in for this week is leaving a review about a podcast you've really enjoyed. God. What? Why? Check. Why? Why would we want that to be in, Seb? <laughs> White co-founder. Well, I just think if you really enjoyed that, if you got to this stage, you've probably enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And if you feel like you want to review it, it does make it genuinely make a difference. How many podcasts have you left reviews for? A few, to be fair, genuinely, I have. Yeah, yeah. Be the change you want to see, I suppose. There you are. I suppose. In. (laughs) Tommy Stewart. My in this week is booing the national anthem. Yeah, I don't want to get too political, (laughs) but me and my best mate Craig, who I went down to the FA Cup final with, he's my best mate from uni, both lifelong Man United fans. And he was telling me about the Three Kings documentary on Amazon Prime and saying how United and Liverpool are basically the same, pretty much the same people, same club. Uh, we just, you know, we have this separation, which is silly. But we, we were talking about how both sets of fans, pretty much from what we could hear, I don't know if you heard it on TV, booed the anthem. And it's a template that Liverpool have set really well and they were very stubborn on doing it. I massively respect Liverpool for doing it, even though I hate them as a football team. So, yeah, I was very proud of Manchester, despite the fact we lost. I was proud that we did it as, you know, Liverpool fans had set the bar for it and we followed suit. Yeah, Lizards, boom. 100%. For me, my in, aimlessly looking for things I'm never going to buy on the internet based on my current uh, interests. Like yesterday, I was looking where I could find grass-fed bison meat in the UK. <laughs> For, for you or for the dogs? For me. 
For those that don't know, Owen is currently on a strict, I would no, say. Well, no, 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 not not strict. I just I'm um, very aware of, of of what I'm eating and and how much. But there's 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 a, a formula that you're following, right? Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Which I call the Swole Patrol. <laughs> He's looking very good, to be honest. He's if, looking if fantastic. If you do follow Owen on Instagram stories, put a couple of nice pictures up recently. Oh, boy. First trap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm recently single. I'm a bisexual man. I enjoyed them. <laughs> tops off, brother. Tops off. Owen, how many reviews of grass-fed bison? <laughs> red. Red. Left. Well, left. I haven't left any yet because I haven't bought any, but I reckon I read... <laughs> I reckon I was on 12 different sites yesterday for grass-fed bison. There's an actual full bison farm in Scotland. If, oh. you, if you're listening, I'll have the mixed pack. <laughs> We're going to have to tweet that. Moving on. Outs. Out. Ted Lasso. It's a joke that's got out of hand. It was a nice, fun series for a bit. It was nice for me to go, oh, look, there's Richmond. Oh, Oh, Rebecca, there's that. There's, they're outside the pub that we had our first first date of. Because we obviously live in Richmond, we're not too far away. It's nice. It's nice. The football stuff, yeah, it's uh, it's all not. Uh. Then it starts getting ridiculous, and it just goes down downhill. I st- I stopped watching after the first episode of the second series. Everyone tells me it's gone downhill. Out. And there's also if people are listening to this and thinking, oh, it's nice. They got there's actual there's a proper football team in Richmond you can go and follow called Hampton and Richmond FC so yeah. buy their shirt instead of and Seb will be uh, unbanned from going to watch them, so. <laughs> so maybe you'll see him there yeah if you want to see Seb wearing a, uh, a, a, an adult sized beaver costume um, while drinking yeah. while drinking 18 pints of Australia get yourself down to the beverage yeah. out for me Zlatan Ibrahimovic and not just because he's retired one of the game's great wankers Zlatan for me. Score of good goals, yes, but an absolute, to borrow a phrase of a friend of ours, an absolute dustbin of a human being. Very quickly, me and Seb were at a Galaxy game once and we saw him berating his less talented and more junior teammates who were obviously desperate to appease him. He would just run to the box, not even make good runs, not bend his run, not look to get to the front post or back post. He'd just run and be asking for headers. We got access because we were doing some... We were doing some recording, so we followed Zlatan down the tunnel at the um, Galaxy Stadium. I mean, I wouldn't tell him. (laughs) (laughs) The breadth, the breadth of the man. It was honestly like walking behind a gladiator down down into the pits. Wow. Big old fucking unit. But yeah, toss pot. I mean, he... Good player, though. I don't fucking care. I don't care if he's a good player. He's clear. I mean, yeah, he, he was a good player, but he just... Oh no! He's cringe. He made the the whole lion's shit and talking to the third person is cringe. The last thing he did good was take out the full page ad in the LA Times when he joined the Galaxy and then scored. <laughs> he scored a hat trick on his debut yeah. in L in, against LAFC. It's quite cool that is. in El Trafico. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But if you see him, he's in done the... loads of good stuff. Loads of cool stuff, like say Bono has done loads <laughs> of good stuff. Well, well. That's who he is. I also just want to very quickly say that I think his bicycle kick goal against England is so vastly overrated. <gasps> yes. Does, there isn't a goalkeeper. Is he out I or would, not? Uh, is he out or not? Yeah. Overrated goal. Not for us. Front of the day. I agree. I agree. Overrated goal. Yeah. Great shout that. Tommy I can do that. Stewart. Throwing piss at gigs. Well, okay. <laughs> Go on. So I was at Arctic Monkeys last week. I didn't expect... I've I've not had piss thrown at me at gigs since I went to Oasis in 2009. I went to quite a few Oasis shows when I was a teenager. And not saying that I didn't expect that sort of crowd at the... Hang on, hang on. You said I've not thrown out piss thrown at me at gig like it's something you do at home. 
I get, yeah, I get pissed thrown at me on the regs all the time, but at a gig, absolutely not. I, so I met up with my friend, Scott, and he was with his little sister, and we got one. We got one, literally. It went all over her head, all over her hair. I was, sat, I was stood next to her. Most of it got over me, got on my new church party T-shirt promo for the, for my band there. Yeah. It was very... fucking disgusting. It was like every 30 seconds they were being launched everywhere. I'm against yes, anything yeah. being thrown. Like when, when we went to watch Dortmund and they were throwing beer, I don't like it. But one of the greatest instances of, of this happening I've seen was at V99 and Mel C, who had then um, <laughs> recently gone out on a solo career she opened she opened the day i can't remember but she came on and sung a version of anarchy in the uk which we started with <laughs> i am the antichrist i am sporty spice <laughs> oh, and fucking honestly just bottles and fucking deserved just, i've never seen a piss shower like it oh my and i've been God. to berlin but it was yeah. fucking bottles of it and fucking <laughs> balloons and fucking everything she got absolutely pelted i think she went off and then came back on i that is Incredible. Later in that day, I pissed myself, but it's a different, <laughs> <laughs> different time. By the way, it's, right? it's, I mean, it's obviously out. Oh yeah, it's out. Oh, Thank yeah. You. James, my out is not enough salt and vinegar on fish and chips because last Friday was National Fish and Chips Day, and me and said both went to the office specifically so that we could go on a fish and chips date and oh. sat and ate our fish and chips in Soho Square. I did ask for extra salt, salt and vinegar. We want people to like us. Don't tell people you've gone in the office because well, we had the choice to go in today and it's Fish and fi Chip Friday. We went to Soho Square to have our fish and chips and you're going to moan about it. I'm not moaning. I'm just saying. Well, you've put it in acts, in, mate. In the future, I will always remember to ask to put my own salt and vinegar on. Do you know what, Jay? How old are you now? 34? No, 32, thanks. You're 32. Yeah. And you only just realise now that you should be putting your own vinegar, salt and vinegar on fish and chips. You're your own worst enemy and you should know better, Seb. Uh, uh, no, I, but to be fair, James did ask repeatedly, and uh, they were busy. They yeah. were in the they were in the zone. I don't, Send I don't want to dis, I don't want to disrupt the service industry. Send them back. It's, it's a well-oiled machine. Be well, not that well-oiled. If it's fucking yeah. ruined your yeah, fish and well What he's done, James, I think, is he's put salt on, then vinegar afterwards, which then drains away a lot of the salt. Vinegar first to yeah. soak it up. I think I'm, that's what's happened there. I'm not going to put it in oats actually, <laughs> because oh. you should be responsible for your own food. And <laughs> yeah. we'll make that mistake again. I think this key. has been reminding you why you love football, a new weekly podcast from Monday. I've been your host, Owen Blackhurst. I'm not on Twitter, so don't try and follow me. Sebastian Dennis White, Mundell co-founder, producer Tommy Stewart, and last and next to me, but never least, James the Goblin Boy Bird. Uh, at Mundell Mag on Twitter, at Mundell Mag on Instagram, mundellmag.com to to buy the magazine. We've got 30-odd episodes of a um, documentary series called Giant We Made, which is available on Spotify. Uh, maybe if we mention them, they'll pay us to do it again. And I think that's all the places you can find us. We've recorded this episode and hopefully more if they'll have us back at Spiritland. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and share. It really does Please. mean a lot. We want to keep on doing this. And those of you saying, I like this, but when's Giant coming back? Well, if we don't carry on doing this, we certainly won't be doing any documentaries. So fucking rate it, you lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris. Production by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.